Welcome to Everything Scary. My name is Lynn, and I'm here with my sister Haley. My interests consist of everything true crime, but Haley, not so much. She signed on here to be with me and let me hurl true crime facts at her. And every week, my goal is for her not to walk out on me. I hope you like what you hear, and if so, please leave a five-star rating. And if you don't, thank you for your time. Here we go. Okay, so we're starting. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Okay, so uh, the case, well, first and foremost, I want to say formally congratulations on on your baby oh thank you you're not pregnant anymore i'm not but if if there's little like grunts and moans in the background that's probably who it is it's not (laughs) Haley anymore (laughs) yeah can't leave her at home (laughs) okay so today's case um is commonly referred to as the scream murderers have you ever heard of that no you know the scream movies though right like oh yeah, yeah yeah okay I'm going to start by lift, li- sorry, listing my sources, which uh, were the Morbid Podcast, episode 161. Um, Elena, you, you've listened to Morbid, right? With you, yeah. 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 So she's got like a way with words. Like the, the way she talks about these killers is like absolutely hilarious. <laughs> I would recommend anybody listen to that podcast. Um, also, evrussell.worldpress.com. Uh, videos made by the killers, which were Brian Draper and Tori Adamchek, Wikipedia, and the videos of their interrogations. Wait, you saw videos of what they did? They took videos of them. <gasps> yeah. Oh. So I'll get started. Um, right out of the gate, I wanted to let you know that this one's kind of a little bit scarier. So if you're triggered by the gore or anything like that, it's probably a good one for you to skip. So these kids, who you will see shortly, were just that. They were kids. Uh, But for whatever reason, they decided they wanted to be known uh, as a couple of the most prolific serial killers to go down in time. Thankfully, they did not make it that far because, as you will come to find out, they really are not that bright. I have a question already. Is this before or after the Scream movies? So this happened in 2006. So the first three were out. The fourth one wasn't. So is this where they got their idea from? Yes. So they were big... Um, horror movie fanatics. Like, okay. they considered themselves experts on, like, you'll see. Okay. Uh, so, Cassie Jo Stodart was born December 21st, 1989, to Anna Stodart. From every source that I found, uh, that Cassie and her sibling, they were prim- primarily raised by their grandparents. She was born in Pocatello, Idaho, which at the time the case took place, uh, which was 2006, was a very small community. Cassie was beautiful. She had long, thick hair that, oh, that hair that I've always wanted, like that beautiful, just shiny all the time. Uh, She had a gorgeous smile, but more than looks, Cassie was a straight-A student, and her brother described her as smart, strong, and said she was his role model. She was extremely creative and loved to draw. She also loved acting and sports, and all of her teachers absolutely adored her. She just seemed to be a lovely, well-rounded girl. Cassie had a boyfriend of five months named Matt Beckham, and things were going great. The couple attended Pocatello High School together, and Matt even introduced Cassie to a couple of his friends, and they soon formed like a foursome friendship. The two boys that Matt introduced Cassie to were Brian Lee Draper, born March 21st, 1990, same age as you, and Tori Michael Adamchek, which was, he was born on June 14th, 1990. Brian Draper had been adopted by Pam and Carrie Draper, and by all accounts, had been a, he had had a happy childhood and wanted for nothing. When Brian started to display signs of depression, his parents got him right into counseling to help their son as much as they possibly could. 
That's nice. Yeah. Brian was badly bullied during school and that led him to develop developing a stutter, which is like what I have right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it was making it hard for him to make new friends. And he certainly didn't have the confidence to speak to any girls. Yeah, I don't really want to talk to you right now because you're stuttering. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I'm like out of breath. I feel like I just ran a marathon. Uh, at an early age, he began fantasizing about becoming a serial killer. Uh, if he became a serial killer in his eyes, he would finally get the respect that he deserved. Uh, Brian took a real interest in the Columbine shooting and idolized the two gunmen who took the lives of 15 and injured another 24 in 1999. Do you remember the Columbine shooting? No. I think it was like, uh, they referred to it as like the trench coat mafia killing. No. Yeah, but they weren't like, it wasn't I live a in a bubble though. No, that's true. <laughs> uh, when Brian was in grade eight, he was caught conspiring with two other boys about acting out a shooting at their school. Uh, of course, all three denied that there was any actual plan to follow through and that they had simply been joking, although they did have a list of students that they wanted to kill and they were actual students at the school. Um, is Brian, this like a small town they live in? Super Nothing small. To do? Yeah. 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 Uh, but Brian would continue and almost consistently talk about killers and murderers and classmates, always assume that he was just joking. But in hindsight, the fact that he wrote on his MySpace page was, I'm sick in the head and nobody knows it. It appears to be a very large red flag. Uh, Brian moved to Pocatello, Idaho in the spring of 2006, and that's when he met Tori Adamchuk. Tori Adamchuk was born to Shannon and Sean Adamchuk, and they and he had lived his whole life in Pocatello. Tori was always a happy kid, and his parents said that he never got into very much trouble. One thing in common that Brian and Tori did have was their love of movies. They considered themselves to be film experts, and not surprisingly, they both loved horror movies, in particular the Scream franchise. Uh, and it was that shared interest that led to these two buffoons into a very unfortunate union. <laughs> According to most sources, it was a well-known fact that Brian was attracted to Cassie, but the feelings were not reciprocated, and even more, she was in a committed relationship with his friend, so not, not going to happen. No. How the idea popped into the minds of these two idiots is unknown, but regardless of its origin, the two hatched a plan to become two of the world's most prolific serial killers. Uh, keep in mind that these are 16-year-old boys at the time. Uh, I do not want to generalize, like all, I don't think all 16-year-old boys are idiots, but these two were, they were idiots. Yeah, definitely. Brian had his heart set on a mass shooting, but Tori said that he wanted to pick one person and torment them for hours before killing them. Oh, God. I know. Inevitably, they decided to go with Tori's plan. Being that these two were self-proclaimed filmmakers and movie enthusiasts, they were constantly recording themselves and classmates with a camcorder that Brian carried around with him. These geniuses also filmed themselves planning to, to plan their murder. <laughs> I'm going to read to you a little bit of the transcript from one of the videos before they did what they did, uh, just so you can see exactly how these two talk to each other on a regular basis. Um, so just try to picture this with like a cackling teenage boy voice. Okay. <laughs> it shouldn't be really hard right now. <laughs> Brian, we found our victim. And as sad as it's going to be, she's our friend. But you know what? We all have to make sacrifices. Our first victim is going to be Cassie Stodart and her friends. We'll find out if she has friends over. If she's going to be alone in a big dark house, how perfect can you get? I mean, holy shit, dude. Tori, I'm horny just thinking about it. Ew. Yeah, he's charming. Ugh. Brian, Hell yeah, so we're going to fucking kill her and her friends. We're going to keep moving on. 
I heard some news that, and then they took out the person's name, another girl. She's going to be home alone from six to seven. We may kill her and then drive over to Cassie's thing and scare the shit out of them and kill them one by one. Hell yeah. Tori, <laughs> why one by one? Why can't it be a slaughterhouse? Brian, two by two, three by three. We got to keep it classy. I don't even know what that means. That, that, these <laughs> they literally sound like the dumbest people I've ever heard. Like, But they think they sound like the coolest people. Wow. Tori. Yeah, so it's going to be extra fun. Then these two morons have a lengthy chat <laughs> about good and evil, and I'll spare you most of those details because it's just two teenagers that think they're smarter than they are, and they're trying to sound really cool. Like They're talking about how... They're more evil than the devil, and all. it's just a bunch of nonsense. Sounds like a good Disney horror movie. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's it's weak. Um, and then they start talking about serial killers. Oh God, and how they themselves are going to go down as legends. And then they struggle to come up with any serial killers uh, <laughs> <laughs> before coming up with three of possibly the most documented serial killers. They say Ted Bundy, the Hillside Strangler, and the Zodiac Killer. And then Tori says. Those people were amateurs compared to what we're going to be. More higher sources of Ed Gluck. And then Brian goes, Gein. And Tori goes, Gein. <laughs> wow. Yep. Um, and then Brian says, well, let's just say that we're going to be that sick and twisted. Now, I, I don't want to, you know, brag about my knowledge in serial killers, but the Zodiac Killer killed a bunch of people and he was never found yeah and it was yeah. like 1960 and i don't think he's going to be found but he's an amateur he's an amateur but ed gein he was more of a grave robber like he and he would like cut up corpses he did kill two people but then he died in a mental like institution it's not oh, yeah, he's he not somebody that you want to <laughs> you want to idolize yeah really he made a belt that was made of just nipples ew <laughs> it's true though god i know who um, thanks these people? <laughs> um, so I wrote, if these two were trying to be successful serial killers, they definitely chose the wrong one to want to be like. I just wanted you to read through that conversation so that you could see that these two were just, like, they're kids. And their brains very clearly have not. Very dumb kids. <laughs> like, they're not even up to, like, 16-year-old brain standards. <laughs> their brains, like, your, your brain doesn't start up growing until you're, like, 25 years old. And these like, guys. They got dropped off of a high place <laughs> when they were babies, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> their brains were not done growing, that's for sure. Um, and so the big house that was in the middle of nowhere that the boys were discussing belonged to Allison and Frank Contreras. They were Cassie's aunt and uncle, and along with Cassie's 13-year-old cousin, they were leaving town and asked the always responsible Cassie if she would house sit and take care of their animals. And on September 22nd of 2006, um, it was at their home that was located at 11, so 1,130, no, 11372 <laughs> <laughs> West Whispering Cliffs Drive, doing Wait. just that. Do you know what type of animals she was looking at? I know there was one dog for sure. And a dog. Uh, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> you need to do better research, Len. This is important important information to have. Because I know. I usually do have If the it dog was like a Roddy, take... then these But I have the are... address. Like, who who wants that? Yeah. <laughs> Although I looked it up so that I could see, like, the layout well, of the Well, look up house. what kind of... You know if there's animals in the story, I need to know a little bit more about that. I'm sorry. So that, was, that was... Do better. On me. Come on. Um, so she was doing just that. She was looking after these animals. She invited her boyfriend, Matt, to come over and watch Kill Bill 2. And Tori and Brian ended up taking along. 
As they were watching the movie, Brian excused himself to use the washroom, and it was then that he unlocked the basement door for when they returned later on. Uh, like I said, I did look up the house, and the way it's set up is that the basement door is like right below the patio that leads to the front door. Okay. So, I don't know. It's just like they would just have to walk right up the driveway kind of thing to get into the basement. Um, the home is about 2,000 square feet, but the property it sits on is 1.83 acres. So it's just fields as like far as the eye can see. Yeah. So as a 16-year-old girl, I think that just even being there would be terrifying, let alone what is about to happen. Yeah. After about two hours, uh, Tori and Brian decided that it wasn't for them anymore and that they were going to go to a movie theater to watch a movie instead of staying. They thought it was going to be like a house party and then it was just the four of them watching Kill Bill. Uh, so the boys left, but only to move their car up the street and gather their weapons and masks and gloves. Uh, the masks that they got out of the car were absolutely horrifying. Remember, they wanted to emulate the Scream franchise. Yeah. So they needed masks. And the masks were a solid white. And then they had like blood drizzling out of the eyes, the nose and the mouth. Okay. Yeah. So shortly after leaving, they returned through the door that they had left open, turned off all the power from the um, fuse box, and then they started banging and making loud noises in the basement. So they were hoping that Matt would come down, or Matt and Cassie would come down, and they could kill them down in the basement. Um, but Matt and they were terrified. They didn't want to go anywhere. So uh, Matt would later state that they were both scared, uh, and even one of the family dogs wouldn't stop staring down the stairs that led to the basement. It'd be really good to know what kind of dog it was. What difference does it make? Like if <laughs> because it, if it was a scary dog. <laughs> the outcome is going to be the same, regardless of if I knew what dog it was or not. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, you're right. But still, just add a little more detail. To so I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> After about 15 minutes, the power went back on. So they're sitting there in the light, freaked right out. Um, Matt, not wanting to abandon his terrified girlfriend, called his mom and explained the situation and asked if he could spend the night with Cassie. Of course, his mom said no, believing that her son was embellishing the story so that he would be allowed to spend the night with his girlfriend. Yeah, hanky-panky. Um, in an empty house. She did, however, offer for Cassie to spend the night at their home if she was so scared. But Cassie, being the responsible young woman that she was, declined because she needed to be there for the animals. As Matt was leaving around 10.30 uh, at night, he called Tori to tell him he was unable to meet up with the guys later on as they had briefly discussed, but his mom was picking him up and that his night of fun was over. He, he had said something like after he left Cassie's, he was going to go to the movies with Tori and, and Brian, but he couldn't do anything now. His mom was like, you want to sleep with your girlfriend? Get home. Yeah. Now so, he's in trouble, poor guy. Yeah. So he spoke with Tori and he noticed Tori was whispering and thinking that it was because he was in the movie theater. Not for a second did he think that it was because he was in the basement where his girlfriend was now alone in. And he was certainly not thinking about how he had narrowly avoided death himself because they didn't care. They were they were taking their buddy down too if he got in the way. Well, why would you be concerned about that? Normal people wouldn't try and murder you. Especially anybody, your friends. Anybody, yeah. <laughs> but after Matt left, the boys cut the power again. Imagine that. Like, just imagine sitting in that dark house with fields everywhere. And it's like 2006. I did see a picture of Cassie holding a cell phone, like, in, like at school. She was, like, sitting back looking at a flip phone. But I don't know if she actually had a phone. She probably didn't have any service out in the middle of nowhere, too. So she didn't have any uh, 
any way to get a hold of anybody. The house phone was cut. Nothing was happening. Be a little better if she had like a Rottweiler to cuddle. Oh, for Christ's sake. <laughs> Just assume it's not a Rottweiler, okay? It's a Shih Tzu. It's a, I did the research. It's a Shih Tzu. It's a Chihuahua, yeah. definitely. <laughs> okay, nonetheless, the boys started slamming cupboards and stomping around to terrify her before they before loudly running up the stairs. Just imagine someone loudly running up the stairs when nobody else should be there. Is she grabbing a weapon when all this is happening? You know, they, they say there's there's um, fight or flight. Or yeah. Fright. Fight or flight, yeah. yeah. And so you either just stop and freeze or you, you have fight in you. And I, but don't you run or you fight? Like, Where's she going to go? I don't know. Is there not another door up there to get out of? I mean, she could get oh. out of the door, but then she's just running down the, the street field. aimlessly yeah, with two lunatics following her. Yeah, I guess so. She was in a, a bad spot. So they, the both of them had, they had gotten like an older boy to purchase knives for them. So it says that uh, Brian was carrying a dagger while Tori had a hunting style knife. Uh, they lunged at poor Cassie and stabbed her roughly about 30 <gasps> times, 12 of which proved to be fatal. Uh, earlier that morning in school, cause, so this was a Friday, um, Brian pointed his camera in Cassie's face and made her say hi to the camera. And now he's standing over her lifeless body after she was even kind enough to invite them over for a movie. Like, they're just garbage. Pieces of shit. Yeah. Uh, and as they left the residence after the murder, they carried on with their recordings. So I'm going to give you another ridiculous transcript of they didn't kill any of the animals did they no okay. no but the animals were left in that situation for a couple days it's pretty traumatizing so brian says i just killed cassie we just left her house this is not a fucking joke tori i'm shaking brian i stabbed her in the throat and i saw her lifeless body it just disappeared dude i just killed cassie tori oh my god brian Oh, for fuck, that didn't even feel real. It went by so fast. Tori, shut the fuck up. We have to get her act straight. Brian, it's okay, okay? We'll just, we'll buy movie tickets now. The next day, Matt tried 15 times to call Cassie. He was getting worried, and he asked Tori to drive him to Cassie's house. But Tori said he couldn't because he didn't have enough gas. On September 24th, 2006, the Contreras family had returned home, and sadly, it was Cassie's 13-year-old cousin who found her body covered in blood. Mm. initially cops did suspect Cassie's boyfriend uh, as he didn't appear to be too distraught uh, as you know you would assume one should be but you can't really say how somebody should grieve yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, by all accounts he seemed to be a pretty good boyfriend so yeah. I just maybe he just took it indifferently um, however it didn't take them long to make their way to Brian and Tori because these guys are just oh my god <laughs> she, okay the murder fanatics who also happened to spend Cassie's last day with her when the detectives asked Tori to give them literally any details about the movie that the boys had seen and had used as an alibi, he was unable to even say who was in the movie. Uh, a few days after that, Brian brought officers to an area in Black Rock Cannon where they had discarded the evidence. The knives, the masks, latex gloves, the video, the full like the video. So these guys just like didn't even try and get away with it. They just... Like, caved right away <laughs> first of all they're absolute nincompoops yeah because like the knives okay you get rid of the knives put them in a lake first yeah. of all but everything else in that would have easily gone up in flames yeah and but they put them all together like they didn't even spread it out they just put them all together wow yeah so <laughs> that's how to get away with murder <laughs> by len 
<laughs> so they openly confessed. And on April 17th of 2007, Brian was found guilty of first degree murder and conspiring to m- commit murder. Um, which can sometimes be hard to prove, right? Like, how are you going to prove somebody conspired beforehand? But they made it all they nice, made it neat a video, video. Yeah. and then they didn't even break it. Yeah. So they got him on that one, too. <laughs> and they, then Tori was convicted of the same on June 8th of 2007. Both got life without the possibility of parole in an extra 30 years because of the conspiracy. Uh, I should mention that Tori claims to have not taken part. Um, he said that he thought they were just going to scare Cassie. He claims to have argued with Brian as they were in the basement about what they were going to do. He says that when he went upstairs, Brian told him to go into the living room and Tori said no. Brian then stepped around him and went in, into the living room where Cassie said something and then she screamed. Tori said he thought to himself, this is not going according to plan. And it further, it kind of backed him up a little bit because when Brian was screaming, I killed Cassie, I killed Cassie, that kind of... Uh, she had two different type of knife injuries, so, so I think he did have he something to do with it. Participated for sure, but he's got a pretty good case because of Brian recording himself saying, "I did it, yeah. not we did it." Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, they're both in there for life. Um, and if what's Tori, if what Tori is saying is true, then I guess too bad. Matt always says, "If you play stupid games, you win stupid prizes," and they were definitely playing a stupid game. Yeah. Yeah. They have both appealed the rulings and were both denied. Tori Adamchuk is currently residing at Idaho State Correctional Institution, Unit 9. And Brian Draper is there. I think he's in Unit 16. So they're neighbors. Aww. Isn't that nice? A couple for idiots get to stick together, you yeah. know? So that's the terrible story of the murder of Cassie Jo Stodart, who had so much to offer and just seemed to be inherently good. Uh, and not to take away any of the accountability of these two murderers, but to just show you how young and dumb they were. During the interrogation, Tori told the investigator that he had left the house between nine and or sorry nine thirty and nine forty five to be more pacific. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know they succeeded in being the dumbest serial killers, or not serial killers, no. but killers. They're not the dumbest? They're Well, no, they're the dumbest. They're not the, serial killers. No, yeah, not serial killers. I know. They're specifically but, just one one murder down. That Pacific person. So. And they also called Cassie's murder natural selection. No. Like, sir, no, no. You, you specifically you, killed her. <laughs> <laughs> That's not natural selection. That's you. You selected it. Specifically, idiots. Specifically, guys. <laughs> I used to say that all the time when I was a kid. And dad said to me, When you're day, a little kid, it's... It's they are know, little you kids. Get, you can get away with it. I remember Dad said to me, "Oh yeah." And then did you specifically swim across the ocean? And I was like, "What? What is he talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> I used to say "pescetti" instead of "spaghetti," so I feel you yeah, in some ways there. <laughs> That's pretty cute, though. I know. Um, I still do it sometimes just to be cute. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody find it cute? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so with that please never ever murder don't do it but also with anything in your life just give your brain a little bit of time to grow before you do anything permanent i think any- i don't think those guys brains were going anywhere from there you know like they i think that was their their peak and <laughs> they they hit their they're peak. still in there like bro we did it man this is amazing <laughs> we specifically did it we specifically are the best natural selectors (laughs) yeah we're just natural born killers in here you know but i like 
I, I, I tell everybody, don't, don't do anything permanent until you're after 25 because I personally have a dragon tattoo on my back that I have to explain to people. Uh, and I tell people it's because I'm Scottish and I'm Polish. So well, it's just a lie. <laughs> if it helps, you can't really tell it's a dragon tattoo anymore. Thank you. That does help. And I've just got a big black blob on my back. <laughs> you're I'm helpful. just kidding. I'm just kidding. You <laughs> no, can tell not. it's a dragon. No, you're not. <laughs> no, I was just thinking of dad's tattoo. That Connie? You, yeah, you can't even tell what that is anymore. It's Connie, just a, and our mom's name is Tina. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. It's like when I first read it, like I couldn't read it for the longest time because it's in like a really fine handwriting. Yeah. And then when I first was able to read it, I was like, that says Connie. And he's like, get out, go, get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> also, never tattoo your girlfriend's name or your boyfriend's name on your body. No. That's another helpful tip from us. No, no dragons, no girlfriends or boyfriends. <laughs> That's, that's really the, think it through if you're getting a tattoo. It's the advice you can take away from today's episode. <laughs> also, welcome. don't videotape it when you're planning a murder. Yeah. Stupid. Or do just to make it easier for the <laughs> people that catch you. Okay. We, rec- we recommend that. Yes. I think. And uh, okay. So with, with that being said, I guess we'll just wait for our next episode, which is going to be Tyler or Danny LaPlante. Have you heard of him? No. <laughs> I didn't think so. Apparently I haven't heard of anybody, so. Okay, well, we'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.